0: Uh, We've been talking from the title of, uh, from a series called The Anatomy of the Spirit Man, and we've been learning about our anatomy. One of the reasons why you need to understand the anatomy of the spirit man is because what you don't understand about your anatomy, you can't repair. If you got sick right now and you don't understand your anatomy, do you know that Prior to a proper study of the anatomy, people were dying of common colds. Am I right? People were dying of common colds. Things now that we just blow off, things now that we don't even look at, we don't even uh, uh, think that they are important, That we don't even think that there are sicknesses or illnesses or diseases. Common cold, we get rid of that easily now, don't we? But it was a time where people died of a common cold because what? They did not understand how the anatomy worked. It wasn't that the cure wasn't here. They just didn't understand how to do it. It's people who who have died. I had an aunt, no lie. I had an aunt that died of uh, constipation. I had an aunt that died of constipation. Now, you would think that's something that's simple, right? But if you don't know how the anatomy works, you can be sitting there with something that you can get rid of, but it's taking your life because you don't know how the anatomy works. Simple stuff. And so um, today we're going to continue along that lines, but we talked about the spirit, the soul, and the body Today, we're going to strictly focus on the soul, on the soul. And so the title of today's message is The Science of the Soul. When we talk about the science of the soul, we're talking about the study of the soul. The soul has various parts to it, and you need to understand how your soul works, because like I told you, the Bible was written to your soul. It was not written to your body. It was not written to your brain. It was written to your soul to help you understand who you are. And with me saying that, look, I come in here, I'm not wasting my time telling y'all who y'all are. All right? Y'all better stand and fight. When you find out who you are in Christ, you better stand on that. We will not be defeated by Satan. I promise you that. You may be defeated in your individual life, but this ministry will not be defeated by Satan. I'm telling you who you are for a reason. I'm telling you about the anatomy of your spirit, man, for a reason. You have to use this stuff when it comes up. You have to use this stuff when situations and circumstances occur. When you know that you are the righteousness of God, Satan's voice should not be able to detour you away from that. You stand on who you are when you know that you're covered in the blood. When you know that your sins are forgiven, that you have been redeemed, that God sent his son to die for you so that you can have this life. And Satan can whisper something in your ear and all of a sudden now he's destroying your faith. He got your faith wavering. It shouldn't be like that. That's why I tell you, don't just take the teaching and, 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 and listen, hear it and apply it to your life. And so our first scripture, we're going to come from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And it reads, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. So the father wants to sanctify you entirely himself. And he says, and may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you are to learn about the spiritual life, obtain the spiritual life and live the spiritual life. And you are to maintain that until Jesus comes back for us. And so he says that may your spirit, your soul and your body. You are a spirit. You have a soul, but you live in this body. You are spiritual. It's just depending what spirit you're listening to. You live in this body to be spiritual on earth. We don't live in this body to entertain this body. We don't live in the body to please the body. The Bible says that we are not under obligation to the flesh, to please the flesh, but we are under obligation to please the spirit. It is your job daily to develop your soul. Give me the next slide. I'm going to walk through this. What is the spirit? The soul and the body. The spirit is what makes us like God. The soul is what needs to become like God. That is what we're going to focus on today, the soul. The soul is what needs to become like God. It is where you are coming up short. It is where you are lacking. It is at the soul area. You're not lacking at the spirit area. You are already one with Christ, Christ in you. You are in Christ. You are a new creature, so you are not lacking at the spirit level. You are lacking at the soul level. And the body is how we present God to people. Next slide. To be spiritual versus carnal. To be spiritual is when the soul acts out the will of the born-again spirit man. So when your soul responds to who you are in Christ, this is what makes you spiritual. What makes you carnal is when your soul acts out what the body wants, what the body desires what the flesh desires, what the world desires, what Satan wants. The flesh is subdued and it is yoked to the world and the demonic. The Bible says that there is nothing in the world but the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what the flesh is connected to. Y'all ready to get into this? Or y'all still woozy? I know I don't care anyway. We're going to go. Matthew 22 and 37. I didn't put that up there. Okay, I'll read it. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So Jesus said one of the greatest commandments is that we should love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Now, the heart, the mind, and the soul are one, but they have various components to it. That's why he said love the Lord with all your heart, meaning it's not—he didn't say just love the Lord with your heart. All your heart, meaning there's various components to your heart. There's stages of your heart. Love the Lord with all your soul. Not just with your soul, but all your soul, meaning there are various components. There are a lot of different areas of the soul that you have to give to the Father. When we talk about being full of the Holy Spirit, you are full of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit covers every part of your soul. So you have to understand the different parts of your soul. Then he says, love the Lord with all your mind. Now, it's about eight different Greek words for the word mind, because when you're dealing with the word mind, you're dealing with imagination. You're dealing with thought life, the way you think. Give me the definition for mind. Mind. So when we talk about the mind, we talk about, we're talking about your understanding to be wise. So when we're talking about the mind, we're talking about the levels of understanding based on knowledge, based on what you have learned, what you understand, based on impartation. When we're talking about the mind, it is to feel and to think. This is your decision making and, and how you process information. Somebody can say something to you, and you take it from in your, into your mind, and you feel a certain way. You feel that way because how you process the information. And sometimes we feel when we should understand. To have an opinion means that with the mind we observe. To think or judge what one's opinion is, is to judge according to the observations of others. To be of the same mind, meaning that we agree together, we cherish the same views, we are, are harmonious in our mind. That's why the Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ. Everybody in here is supposed to have the same mind. The Bible tells us to be of one mind. It is to direct, it is To direct one's mind to a thing, to seek, to strive for. So now this deals with the mind, but it deals with how you control your mind. How you steer your mind. You can put your mind in any situation you want it in. You can read comic books all day, or you can read the Bible. You can read the Quran, or you can read Japanese newspapers. You can steer your mind wherever you want your mind. You are responsible for your mind. Wherever you sit down and learn is what you will know. It is to seek one's interest or advantage. So with the mind, we inquire. We inquire, all right? Now the soul. The soul is the breath of life, it's the man himself It is the inner man or the being. Like I told you, if you are in Christ, we all have the same spirit. It is at the soul where we differ. If you have sat down and talked to Chad, all right, and you sit down and you talk to me, we are two totally different people. We like totally different things. If you sit down and you talk to Sierra and you talk to Ola, you will find out that they're, they, although they have a body and although they are both in Christ, they think different. They have a different mind. You're different at the soul. The soul deals with who you are. The vital force which animates the body and shows itself breathing of animals and of men, that, which, that in which there is life a living being, a soul. So we talked about this last week. The soul is the organs of the spiritual body. It is just like your body has a respiratory system. It has a digestive system. It has a nervous system. It has a sensory nervous system. And if we tamper with any one of those things, it throws your life off. The soul, the seat of the feelings, appetite, emotions, the passions and desires, the affections and the aversions, our heart and our soul. So it says the soul is the seat of the feelings. So it is the headquarters. It is the center of all operations and activities of your life. If I can disrupt your soul, I can disrupt your life. The human soul, insofar as it is constituted, that by the right use of the aids offered by it, it can attain its highest end and secure eternal blessedness, blessedness. So, like I told you, the soul is where we are developed. And if you use the right aids to develop your soul, you can develop as fast as you want to. That's why I tell you, you have to take a season in your life, and you have to focus on your soul. You have to cut everything off that is interrupting where God is taking you and just focus on that. And like I told you, when we was going through the fast, after the fast, food was still there, wasn't it? How many of y'all went on the fast, couldn't wait to get off the fast, and when it was time to eat, you weren't even really that hungry? (laughs) It was all in your head. It was your flesh telling you, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. But the more you abstain from eating, the, the, the more you can abstain from food. And if you can abstain from food, you can abstain from anything because your appetite controls your life. If you have an appetite for the word, that's why the Bible says to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You can hunger and thirst after righteousness just as well as you can hunger and thirst after unrighteousness. It's all about your appetite. The soul regarded as a moral being designed for everlasting life. The soul as an essence which differs from the body and is not dissolved by death. So your soul will not die. Your spirit will not die. You will live forever. That's why I told you, if your body could talk to you and give you some great advice, it would tell you, don't listen to me. (laughs) You hear me? (laughs) It would tell you, don't listen to me. Do not listen to me. I will lead you down the wrong path. The heart. This is where it gets fun. The heart is the center and the seat of the spiritual life. So your heart is the core of your soul. It is the core of your soul. It is the core of your being. The soul or mind, as it is the what? It is the fountain. It is the fountain and seat of your thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. So, I'm going to say this a hundred times, probably doing this teaching. Your mind is the entrance into your soul. Your, heart, your soul is where your life is, and then your heart is the fountain of your soul. It is where all of your issues are poured out. It is where, we, where your uh, life is represented in the earthly realm. It is the sum of all your feelings. It is the fountain of your soul. of understanding, the faculty, and the seat of intelligence. So the sum of your soul can be shown in your intelligence. What you have learned over a period of time comes out of your your heart, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. Oh, we finna have some fun in here. I'm about to have some fun. I don't know... (laughs) I'm about to have some fun. I, I... Of the will and the character. So, your heart reveals your will. Your heart reveals your character. And I'm going to show you. Of the soul as far as, watch this. It is affected and stirred in a bad way or a good way. So we talk about body language. Your body language tells what? The condition of your heart. If you happy, you smile. If you sad, you frown. It lets us know what? What is going on in your soul? The Bible says it is from the issues, it is from the heart, from the heart flows the issues of life. So, Next slide. The mind is the entrance into the soul. So whatever you put into your mind, it goes into your soul. The soul is the headquarters. So whatever you put into your mind, it goes into your soul and it works through your soul. And then the heart is the fountain of the soul. So whatever you feed your mind, it goes into your, your soul and it comes out your heart, whether good or bad. That's why the Bible tells us we need to renew our mind. Because our soul is what needs to become like God, not our spirit. But if our soul gravitates towards the spirit, we become spiritual. If it gravitates towards the flesh, we become fleshly. We become carnal. And so you can intentionally change your life if you pay attention to your mind, what you put into your mind. If you sit back and you watch Netflix all day, it goes through your soul and it comes out your heart. If you get in a word, it goes into your mind, it comes into your, your soul, and it comes out your heart. You build your soul by what you put in your mind. That's why I know God is never telling people to miss church. (laughs) That's how I know. He's never telling you to not feed your mind the word. If he, if, if it was just like with your children, if it was up to your child, if it was up to you, you would rather see your children reading. Doing things to build their soul than watching cartoons. You will never discipline your child for trying to become better in their mind. (laughs) Manushka, it's funny. So the mind is the entrance into the soul. Y'all got to get this. The soul is the headquarters, the central, the center, or the central operation of your life. Now, y'all ready? All right. Now, Jesus is going to give a perfect illustration of the functionality of the soul in Matthew 15, 15 through 20. I say 15, 15, 11 through 20. And it reads, Well, first, let me give you the backdrop of this story. Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees. All right. The Pharisees see his disciples eating food and they're wondering, why won't they wash their hands before they eat? Before they eat. And so Jesus tells them, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man. It is not what you put in your mouth that defiles the man. The man is who? The spirit and the soul. The soul. He didn't say what defiles the human because he's not looking at what defiles your body. He's looking at what defiles your spirit, what defiles your soul. So he says it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out the mouth. That defiles the man. Next scripture. Matthew 15, 15 through 18. And Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. What parable? What he said when he said, it is is not what enters into your mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out the mouth that defiles the man. Now, the whole intention, the whole intentions of him saying this is so that we will not do what? Defile the man. So we won't defile the man. That's the whole purpose of him giving us this information so that we would not defile the man, and we would not think or live according to tradition. Because according to the Pharisees, it was what you put in your body. What you put in your mouth that defiled the man. According to religion, it is what you put on your body that makes you holy. But your clothes don't defile you, just like food doesn't defile you. Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. Jesus said, are you still lacking understanding also? Here we go. Verse 17. Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes to the stomach and is eliminated? Do you not understand? Watch this how the anatomy of the body works. Whatever you put in your mouth, it goes into your stomach, and then it is eliminated. Now, why is he telling them this? Because the same way that the mouth, the stomach, and the rectum works is the same way the heart, the mind, and the soul works. He's just giving us an illustration of it whatever you put into your mouth, it passes from your mouth to your stomach, and then it comes out. So the mind, the soul, and the heart are one. They are connected, just like the mouth, the stomach, and the rectum. If you study your anatomy, your tongue is, correct, is connected to your rectum. They're one, one connection. Whatever you put into your mouth, it comes out of your bladder. It comes out of your bowels. And this is the same thing with the mouth, with the mind, with the soul, and with the heart. So the mouth is equivalent to the mind. Whatever you put in your mouth, it goes into your stomach. So whatever you put into your mind does what? It goes into your soul. So... Why is that important? Because if you put the wrong thing in your mouth, you could kill yourself. And I'm going to tell you how this works, and then we'll walk back through it. When you put something into your mouth, the first thing it comes in contact with is what? Your taste buds. You decide with your taste buds whether you want this or not. after you decide, if you decide you don't want it, what you do? You spit it out. You reject it. If you decide that you like it, you swallow it. It enters into your stomach. When it gets into your stomach, it goes through the acids. And then it goes to your good bacteria or your bad bacteria. If it is good for you, your good bacteria takes these things and it disperses it throughout your body to make your body healthy. If it's bad, your bad bacteria eats it and it grows, it grows, it grows. And if you eat too bad too often, your bad bacteria eats your good bacteria, then the, then the, uh, the things that, that consume the bad bacteria become your appetite. And this is the same way that your soul works. If you put the word of God into your mind, it comes in contact with your will. Once it has come in contact with your will, you make the decision. Do I want to reject this or do I want to keep it? It could be a prophecy. It could be something the scripture says that disapproves of your life, but you're not ready to deal with that. (laughs) And you reject it. Once it has passed your will, it goes into your appetite. It goes into your aversions. It goes into your feelings. So... Let's get back to the mind. Whatever you put in your mouth, in your mind, it passes into your soul. So what does that mean? You have to watch the information that you receive. Even in church. You have to watch your visuals, what you watch. Because whatever you watch, you're you're bringing it into your mind and it's going to eventually deal with your soul get into your soul you have to be careful what you listen to music people because you unconsciously feeding your mind something and it's absorbing it and it's eating it and if you don't if you don't watch it watch this eventually you become what you're hearing So now, these are a couple questions you have to ask yourself. First of all, what is developing my mind? What is developing my mind? The second thing you have to ask yourself is, who is developing my mind? Love me some Tupac, but that ain't who you want developing develop in your mind. I'm just being honest with you. That brother's screaming, thug life. (laughs) That's developing your mind. The news, you don't want the news developing your mind. Why? Because they give you what they want you to have. The next question is, who can challenge your mind? Who can challenge your mind? What can challenge your mind? Can the word of God challenge your mind? Do you have someone that you're accountable to that can challenge your mind? Because if your mind cannot be challenged, you can't grow. You can't grow. Anytime your mind is dealing with resistance, that's a good sign that you are growing. It don't feel good, but it's a good sign that you are going, growing when you deal with resistance, when you are corrected. It is, a good, it is a good thing for your soul. Because watch this. The next one is, what are your taste buds for? What do you have taste buds for? Because your taste buds represent your will. It represents your will. The Bible says that God is working in us His will. Because we need His will to feed our soul. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what's funny about it, He's in a garden and He has to make a critical decision. Can this cup pass from me? Meaning, do I have to go the way of the cross? Does my flesh have to be crucified? Do I have to do it this way? Yes, you do. Okay, nevertheless, let what? Your will be done. And this is where we have to get, to the place where we want his will to be done for our life. Because when you come and get this word, that's all you're getting. You're getting his will for your life. But once it gets to your will, you can reject it. So, the immature will only wants what the flesh wants. That's the immature will. It only wants what, watch this, tastes good. It only wants what feels good. While the mature soul wants what maintains the health of, the mature will wants what maintains the health of the soul. Sometimes even disregarding the taste because something can taste good for you and be good for you. But then some most things that are good for you don't taste good. And so you have to make a decision. Are you going to eat to maintain your health or are you going to eat to to please your taste buds? And it is a direct. Watch this. It is a direct parallel with your spiritual life. If you can't control, that's why we fast. Because if we can't control our flesh, we can't be spiritual. If I can't control my mouth, the Bible says that if any man can control his tongue, he's a perfect man. So, don't neglect the health and development of your mind because it is the entrance into your spiritual life. How many of y'all read labels before you eat? That is a great thing. It is is a great, I have my kids doing that now. They read the labels because they they ask me, before they ask me for something, they read the label. Oh, this ain't got that in it. (laughs) But you have to train your children to do that. Because, see, this is the thing. To be poor is a mentality. When you're not paying attention to your health, how much of your life are you paying attention to? If you're not paying attention to what you put in your body, what else are you not paying attention to? If you're not paying attention to what you put in your body, you're not paying attention to what you put in your soul. Because it works the same way. So now, the stomach represents the soul. And like we said, when you eat something, it does what? It it comes in contact with your stomach acid. It's dissolved. It attacks your good and your bad bacteria, and then it is dispersed through your body. This is food or poison. So now... The soul is the headquarters of the uh, the spirit man. It is the center of all operations and activities. So our thought life affects every attribute of our soul. So you put something into your mind, and the first thing it comes in contact with is your will. If it gets past your will, watch this, it goes into your attitude. It goes into your your attitude as far as how you think or how you feel about a thing. It goes into your aversions, what you agree with or disagree with. It goes into your appetite, what you like or don't like. It goes into your feelings, into your emotions, into your passions, into your desire, and into your affections. So, what does your soul agree or disagree with? What does your will agree with or disagree with? Music. What will you listen to and what will you not listen to? I love hip-hop, but I'm on a strike right now. And mainly because I have to pastor. So I can't let Lil Bootsy in here. (laughs) I can't let him in here. I listened to the uh, what is it? The yearly wrap up. Is what it's called when uh, Uncle Murder? I listened to it. Me and Kirby. I felt like somebody was throwing up on me. I'm no lie. I'm sitting there listening to it, and the whole time I'm feeling like something is throwing up on me. Because although I love the music, I can't let that enter into my spirit, man. Because if it comes into my spirit, man, watch this. It controls my attitude. With my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Mo- <laughs> the best part of waking up is, how y'all know that? Who play that on repeat in their house? Nobody, but you know it, don't you? How did you, A, B, C, D, E. How you know that? They program you through Music. Music is the only thing that enters into your mind and changes you without permission. What media do you, listen, do you agree or disagree with? What movies, what television shows? I'm at the point now, you know what my favorite show is? Don't laugh at me, Robert. All right, don't judge me. Madam Secretary. Because I, I like acting. I like to watch television. But I have to watch what I watch. Because you can't remove stuff from your vision once you see it and hear it. It's not like you can hear something and then say, okay, i take that out. No. It gets into your attitude, your aversions, your appetites, your feelings, your emotions, your passions, your desires, and your affections. What conversations will you, inter- will you entertain? If you went to the inner healing and deliverance, what are your inner vows? What are your soul ties? What are your ungodly beliefs? What is it that people can say to you that you disagree with or what people can say to you that you agree with? Because whatever you put into your mind, it develops your soul life. Like I told you, I, I accidentally did this, but watch this: I'm not just standing up here teaching you something. I'm telling you something that I've tried, I've practiced and it is proven. I've been through molestation. I've been through abandonment by both parents. How did that affect? How would that affect your soul? I've not had support from family. I grew up poor. Me and Adrian having a conversation, best friend for 30 plus years. He been on me since I was 11. We sit down having a conversation. He said, I knew God was real when you got married. He said, ain't no way in the world I ever thought you was gonna get married. Cause I had choices. I'm just being honest with you. It wasn't a thing. Where I, like I was looking, searching like, would you please? No. It wasn't like that. Matter of fact, that was the very thing that Satan used against me. It would just happen. He would tell, I wish I could come up here and let him tell you. We would just go somewhere. We just hanging out and all of a sudden, girls just pop up. We just sit in the house playing video games and all of a sudden, girls just pop up. I didn't have no money, I wasn't flashy, I didn't wear jewelry, none of that. After a while, I just looked and I said, this the devil, trying to keep me at bay so I won't do what I'm doing now. And people out in the world, they think they fly. Because you can get a girl to do this or because you can get a, a boy, a man to do this for you. No. You, you got a strong lust spirit. Soon as you come in contact with somebody who, who has a lust spirit, they immediately do what? Surrender. And that's how it happens. But we, we, are, we are in a generation right now where they think that that is fly because a lot of women want them. No, bro. The devil is trying to hold you at bay so you can miss your destiny or so you can get AIDS or so you can have 12 baby mamas and now your whole, all your money being ciphered. Not, you ain't got no hope. I'm just being honest with you. So we having a conversation. He like, I, I knew God was real when you got married. Then he's like, With what you have, how you treat your wife, how you raise your kids, what you and your wife have built, this is the question he asked me. Where did you see that at? Because I grew up with you. (laughs) I grew up with you. I've been knowing you since you was 11. We didn't see that. I'm telling you how to build your life Intentionally. We ain't talking about somebody who just met me. We're talking about somebody who knew me since I was 11. Asking me, where did you see that at? Who taught you to treat your wife like that? Because we didn't know no men that loved their wife. Did you know any? I didn't know any. I didn't know any, any men who respected women. I didn't grow up with any. All of them was liars, pimps, drug dealers, And murderers. That was the hope. And we were looked at as lames because we didn't want to join that. Well, we joined some of it. Can't lie up here. (laughs) And so that's why I tell you, whatever you put into your mind, it resonates in your soul. That's why I told you I accidentally did this. Although it was religion, I cut myself off from music, I cut myself off from movies. I cut myself off from friends, I cut myself off from hanging out with people, and I just isolated myself. I'm wondering why I'm sitting in maps at the army recruiting place, and they asked me, where do you want to go for your duty location? I said, I'm from Chicago, okay? I said, anywhere there's no snow. And they sent me to Louisiana. If I only would have knew, I would have said California. But God sends me to this little town, Chad. They don't even have sidewalks. I'm there for six years. And the thing about it is I loved it while I was there so much, Tanya, that I'm inviting my family. Come on down here. It was nothing there. It was absolutely nothing there. Their biggest store was Walmart. On the weekend, everybody got dressed and went to Walmart. I'm from Chicago. I'm used to four million people. It's like 8,000 people in the whole city. But God had me in a place where I was secluded. He said, I gotta get this out of you. I'm in the military because I need to learn structure. He sent me to the military to learn structure, to learn order, to learn hierarchy. But I'm sitting here in this place And as soon as he told me to go to Atlanta, immediately, my soul hated it. But he had me there to get stuff out of me. You're going to be in a time in your life where you're going to think people are, watch this, leaving your life. No. It is time for training. It is time for you to get your soul right. You should be happy they're not speaking to you. A a pastor told me one time, the best thing you can do is do what God tells you to do and let people see it. That's the best thing you can do. When you're going somewhere, don't try to pull everybody with you. They're not ready. Don't try to pull everybody with you. They don't need to go with you everywhere you go. You just do it so that when you're in place, watch this. Now my boy, here with me. Now A.D. here with me. He was, in, he was in Los Angeles. Had I not did this, where would we be? I can tell you some most of it, but, I, but, you know, I'm not. So, after it goes through your mind, comes in contact with your will, it develops your soul, It now comes out your heart, which is your bowels, which is the fountain of your life. So after it comes out the fountain, after it comes out your heart, now we see what you understand. Now we see your spiritual intelligence. Now we see your will. We see your character. Because watch this, your whole life is on display by what comes out your heart. But where did it start at? In your mind. Now we're looking at your habits, your disciplines, your decisions, your thought life, your emotions, your feelings. All that is the sum of your life. Your heart just shows you the condition of your soul. Verse 18, it says, but the things that proceed out the mouth come from where? The heart. So what comes out your mouth is an indication of what has went into your mind. Has passed your will, has resonated in your soul, and now you're speaking. And it's not just your mouth, it's your actions. It's your non-actions, it's your reactions, it's your body language, it's your posture. It's how you think things should be done. What are we looking at? The sum of your spirit man. Verse 19 says, for out of the heart comes, look at this, for out of the heart comes what? Evil thoughts, unholy thinking. So if you think unholy, what does that mean? You you haven't been putting holy things in your mind. Because you haven't been putting holy things in your mind, it hasn't come in contact with your will. Or you've been putting holy things in your mind, it came in contact with your will, and you rejected it. So evil thoughts, unholy thoughts, murders. How does does someone come to the conclusion that they want to kill a man? Mindset. Murder came upon their mind. It came in contact with their will, and they agreed with it. And then they carried out the action. Adulteries. Married in a marriage, but having sex with with someone outside the marriage. How does that happen? Something transpires in a marriage, and one of the other parties says this. Watch this. I ain't getting what I want from you, so I'm gonna get it elsewhere. It's all a conversation in the mind. It don't just happen. You've seen the movies, it just happened. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't just happen. It it fasted in your mind. It came in contact with your will. You agreed with it. Then it went all through your soul and then out, out and it came out your heart and you committed to act. And the thing about it is it can happen in two seconds. Fornications, which is illicit sexual intercourse. Now, this deals with fornication, which is uh, 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 having sex with someone outside of marriage, or homosexuality, which is two men, lesbianism, which is two women, bestiality, which is a man, which is a person and an animal, incest. This is what fornications is. Brothers and sisters, this deals with rape. Someone just taking sex. It deals with molestation. It deals with masturbation and it deals with pornography. How do these things get in our life? We agree with it. You agree, you have to agree. It has to come to your mind, oh, that animal look good. It has to come to your mind. It has to be presented to your mind first. Then you have to agree with it. If someone comes to me and says, you want to have sex with that animal? As soon as it hit my wheel, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. says, do you want to sleep with your sister? Absolutely not. It comes in contact with if you don't reject it. Verse 20, no, I ain't done. Thefts. You don't just steal. That's a planned thing. (laughs) That deals with stealing and robbing. You see something, you like, should I take it or shouldn't I? False witness. Lying on people. <laughs> that don't just, you, you don't just utter lies for no reason. <laughs> you don't just, that's a mind thing. It entered into your mind, it came to your will, and your will said, we can tell the truth or we can lie. And you said, let's lie. <laughs> and then it went through your soul, all the way through your soul, and now you become a liar because you agree with this way of living. The next one is slander, which is to what? It's to tear down somebody's name. Most of the time to make your name look good. You agree with that. And Jesus is saying what? Look, out of the heart these things come. This has nothing to do with what you eat. This has absolutely nothing to do with what you put in your mouth. This has something to do with what you put in your heart, what you put in your mind. That's why teaching is very important because teaching develops the mind. Preaching attacks the heart. I can preach to you all day, and it'll attack the issues in your heart. It'll tell you what's wrong with you. But until I teach your mind and build your mind to see what's wrong, you will never make a better decision. I can tell you to pray, but until I teach you how to pray, you don't know how to pray. I can say worship, and you'll just lift your hand, God, thank you, God, thank you. You won't know what worship is until you learn how to worship. You can do stuff from emotions and you can do stuff from understanding. In all your gettings, get emotional. (laughs) In all your gettings, get an understanding. Before you make a decision, understand it. And the things I'm telling you right now can fix your entire life. You having problems... With with finances? Take your mind and put it on how to build up your finances. Once you know how, Warren Buffett ain't rich for no reason. He made one of the boldest comments I've ever heard. He said, There is no way that Congress is affecting America, there's no way that 300 people is affecting 7 7 billion. There's no way. That's a thought process. That is the way you think. The government has nothing to do with your success. At all. It is the way that you think. It is how your mind, it's what you refuse to put in your mind is what's hindering you. Because you will watch TV, but you won't read a book. And if you look at your life, watch this, and you log your hours and you say, what have I done more of? Watch TV or read books. You got your life. (laughs) You got your life right there. Watch this. It is not a mistake that CEOs of Fortune 500 companies read four books a month. How many books you read a month? Poor people, you know how many books poor people read a month? Zero. Zero. It's a mentality. You didn't put the information in your mind so you can't act it out. You can't act out something that you don't understand, that you don't know. That's why I have to teach you continually God is your father because you don't need to think no other way. If you think he's just God, then you think he, doesn't, he can do it when he wants to. If you know he's your father, then what that's telling you? He has to do it because I belong to him. So even in your conversation, you have to change that up. God is my father, he's not just God. Verse 20, these are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. Now, defile means this is what makes you unholy. This is what makes you unclean. This is what makes you common. When the Bible talks about why y'all acting like mere men. You're acting like a mere man because you're not putting spiritual things into your mind. This is how you profane your life. What you put in your mind is what's prohibiting you from getting your inheritance. Watch this. Your inheritance is powers, riches, wisdom, honor, glory, might, and blessings. And if I asked you right now to stand up and define those scripturally, would you be able to? You can't have what you don't understand. That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. I know what power is. I know how to use power. I know how not to use power. I'm approved. Give it to me. I know what to do with money. I know what to do with riches. So give it to me. Like I tell you, before you get married, watch this, read five books on what it takes to be a wife. Five books on what it takes to be a husband. What am I doing? I'm building my mind up to prepare myself to become. If I don't, when I get in it, I don't know what it is. This is where we are in life. This is where the church is. We don't know. We want to be millionaires and we want to claim, but you don't think like a millionaire. How are you going to be a millionaire and you don't understand money? How can God put in your lap something that you don't understand? What would that do? It would kill you. Would you give your child, watch this, Manushka. would you give him a million dollars and just tell him to do what he want to do with it? No, why? Because we know his level of understanding as a child. I know you said give it to me anyway that's what we say too <laughs> we say the same thing don't we give it to me anyway but he know if i put a million dollars in your hand right now you'd never pray again you know when you'll pray when it's gone soon as it's gone because if i put a million dollars in your hand right now if you don't understand investments if you don't understand how to invest money what are you gonna do with the million you're gonna spend it money ain't meant to spend all the time is meant to invest and build with. But until you get another mindset, God said, I can't release that to you. Although the Bible says it belongs to you. All right. So the quality of your soul, which is a direct reflection of your mind, is revealed through your heart. That's why when Jesus came on the scene, he said, Repent because the kingdom of God is at hand or it's available. Repent means what? You can change the way you think and you can now think like God wants you to think. Repent. All right, we're going to go through these scriptures. I want to end it right here, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go through these scriptures. Y'all good? Y'all ready? Y'all got a couple more minutes for me? Y'all sure? All right. Would y'all tell me if y'all didn't? Mark 7, chapter 14. And this is the same passage of scripture. He just kind of said it different. It says, After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside the man which can defile him. That's a different way to say it, ain't it? That's why I told you, alcohol ain't your issue, weed ain't the issue. Cigarettes ain't the issue. Food ain't the issue. You can stop doing all that, but your mind still ain't developed. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him. In order for you to go get a prostitute, your, spirit, your soul has already be defiled. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defiles the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered in the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. Next. And he he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? That's why Paul says stop living in this generation of don't touch, don't taste. That got nothing to do with you. All your issues are at the soul. If you are not going to touch it, it's because you know it is going to do something to your soul. If you are not going to touch it, it's going to be because you don't have an appetite for it. Anything that you do, it means that you have an appetite for it. That is a soul decision. That has nothing to do with the inanimate object. Verse 19, because it does not go into the heart, but into the stomach. So if it does not go into your heart, it can't defile you. What goes into your heart? The things that you put in your mind. The things that you hold in your mind, it goes into your heart. This is where your faith is. It's in your mind. And it's eliminated. Thus he declared all foods are clean. Old Testament folks hate that, don't they? (laughs) Eat pig and everything. Because it don't defile you. In the Old Testament, it did defile them. You know why? Because they were not God's children. Therefore, he was not addressing their soul. He was addressing their body. He was addressing them as individuals. That's why when someone got the wrong spirit, he just killed them because they could not be changed. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the Old Testament, they were not God's children. Stop trying to live like Old Testament saints. Stop trying to abide by the laws and the rules and regulations that they did. They were not saved. They were not God's children. They didn't have his DNA. So he didn't address him. Nobody in the Old Testament ever called him father. Nobody. Verse 20. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of the man, proceeds evil thoughts, fornication, thefts, murder, adultery... Deeds of covetous, greediness, wickedness, meaning you, you live a sinful life and you intentionally draw other people to it. Deceit, being manipulative, sensuality, lust. Lust doesn't come from outside. You see a man or you see a woman and, 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 and you lust after them, it has nothing to do with what you ate. <laughs> what you said? I knew I shouldn't have had that piece last night. God dog shouldn't have ate them pork and beans. Girl, fine. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the food that did it. Envy. Wanting somebody's life instead of yours. That don't come from outside the body. It's something going on inside of you that, in which you don't like you. Slander, pride. Pride is the character of one with a swollen estimate of his own powers and merits that looks down on others and even treats them with insolence and contempt. And foolishness, which is when you just make decisions without thinking, when you just don't even use your mind, so it can't get to your soul. Verse 23. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. So, which means this, if you are defiled, you can undefile yourself. I am giving you the recipe to control your life. Any area of your life you want to be better, all you have to do is attack the scriptures or attack information until you become it. That's why the Bible said that the word became flesh. Which means the word that is coming from the pulpit, the word that is in the Bible, has to get into your mind, gravitate to your soul, become your heart. And when it does that, the word becomes flesh and you dwell amongst people and people see God's glory. Last slide. The mind is the entrance into the spiritual life. Your mind is the entrance into your spiritual life. If your mind is not properly developed, neither is your spiritual life. Your spiritual life is as weak or as strong as your mind. The soul is the headquarters of the spiritual life. We can tell what's going on in your spiritual life is a direct result of what has went into your mind, bypassed your will, And it's now taking over your soul. The heart is the fountain of the spiritual life. Amen. That's the science of the soul.